Good morning again. If you could do me a huge favor, I, th I think this would be helpful for uh, Jan and the office ladies, um, Jan and Liz. If you could take out your notes from your bulletin and just set them on the seat next to you and we'll collect all of them and we'll reuse them next week. I will not, we'll have the, the wrong date on there, but I'm not going to be preaching from those notes, though interestingly enough, the songs fit the message that I was uh, planning for you. It's something that's been on my heart uh, recently. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting talking with the students and seeing the culture uh, that we've been uh, dealing with of a culture of tolerance, a culture of... Uh, <laughs> just not wanting to offend people, and we've got Christmas coming up, so we're going to see it even more, uh, where uh, we're going to struggle with uh, whether or not to say things, whether we'll be offensive, and uh, today we're going to look at a relentless response based on John uh, 3.16 through 21. So if you could flip to there, that would be great. Now, a great way for me to uh, allow this message to come off a little smoother is to distract you with pictures of my, my beautiful wife. So um, I have a picture of us when we were in high school. We had just started dating, and uh, I actually broke up with her and then went off to college and started uh, pursuing uh, other options and thought that they were all terrible. And I was like, Heidi, please, please, please take me back. And then we got married uh, about eight months later. So uh, here's a picture of maybe. I can never get this thing to work. There we go. All right, here's a picture of our senior prom. So uh, that's my beautiful wife. Uh, that was, uh, let's see, 13 years ago. And uh, we've been married for 12 years. Now, here's the crazy thing. After I realized that all of my other options were terrible, here's what happened. I hunted her down like a dog after a scent. <laughs> she lived in the middle of Michigan. I was going to school at Moody downtown. And so I was like, all right, she's the one Let's get this done. So I went back to Michigan, asked her, her parents if they would give us their, their blessing. They were completely shocked because we were only uh, 19. Uh, and so uh, hunted her down and said, Heidi, we need to get married. And she's like, yeah, okay. I suppose. <laughs> I'll settle. Right? And so uh, I pursued her, and I, was, I, I wanted to be with her because everybody else that I was around didn't have the same uh, response, didn't have the same feelings that I had for her, and I was like, this is, this is a wonderful lady that I could grow old with. And so I pursued her. Now here's the crazy thing, is that we all pursue something. It's not just me chasing after my beautiful wife. We all pursue something. Sometimes we find ourselves pursuing things that are unhealthy, we get into addictions. We get into, uh, especially this time of year, shopping pursuits, right? People who pursue shopping, people who pursue uh, uh, 
receiving gifts. Sometimes people, we, we pursue so many different things. We try to uh, fill a void that we have. And today, we're going to look a little bit at how God's pursuit for us changes everything, especially this time of year. Because we all know um, that in our pursuits, sometimes they're healthy, and sometimes our pursuits end up in failure, right? Uh, and here's what I've, I was told a long time ago, and I, I think this is, this is true. We have a hole in our heart that cannot be filled by the pursuits of humanity. We try to pursue things, trying to make ourselves feel whole. We try to make ourselves feel special. And if it was just about that with even Heidi, if I was trying to fill that hole in my heart, that need that I had, with just pursuing my wife, even that would fall short. Sometimes she's going to cook the toast wrong and, and things just aren't going to go well, right? Sometimes uh, in our pursuit, the, the things that we, we try to buy when we're, we have that shopping uh, habit uh, ends up not being what we were hoping it was. And sometimes when people disappoint you, you don't get the the uh, honor that you were hoping that you would get. And in those pursuits, sometimes those pursuits, whatever we're trying to do to pursue those, I'm not sure what those are in your life, sometimes those pursuits fall short. But it's only when we trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior that that hole in our heart can be filled. And all those other scars of trying to fill our lives with those other things can be mended. But that leads us to our struggle of needing to pursue. And what do we pursue? In John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21, Jesus is finishing up a conversation with a guy named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a spiritual leader. He was somebody who the, the world uh, in that time in the Middle East was looking up to. He was uh, one of the, the the head of the, the Sanhedrin, right? And so that was what people were looking to for spiritual guidance. And uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, hey, you're doing some pretty amazing things. What, who are you and what's going on? How, how do I have eternal life according to, to your understanding? So Jesus is finishing up this conversation uh, with Nicodemus. And what we're going to see is we're going to see uh, God's response with this need. Uh, we're going to see Jesus' response. We're going to see our response or people's response. And then we're going to see how we should react to all of this. All right? So we're going to see uh, three movements and then our, our response, okay? So uh, the first thing that we see comes from John chapter 3, verse 16. This is a, a verse that you see plastered all over sporting arenas and, and other places where people throw up John 3.16. And uh, it's a great verse. It's a great verse, especially when we're talking about uh, Christmas and we talk about Jesus coming to this world and what he did by humbling himself to become an infant, a baby, an innocent child, defenseless child, somebody who couldn't actually respond to any of the factors going on around him. That's how humbled God became. God became somebody who everybody would 
honor and look up to, or should honor and look up to, to being a small child who is helpless and not able to take care of their uh, daily needs. I know this because I have two children who are still struggling with that sometimes, and they need us to come take care of them. And that's who Jesus became. He took on flesh and became human. And in John chapter 3, uh, verse 16, we see this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Sermon over. No, just kidding. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Right? Isn't that great? God loves us. He saw where we were at. He saw us in our weakest. He sees us in our constant weakness. And God, who we we looked at in in high school and middle school Sunday school this morning, he is set apart. He is holy. He is perfect. And he created humanity, and humanity failed. And we fail. Every day, we fail. And God, who is holy, who is perfect, who is all-powerful, is fully capable of saying, all right, (laughs) I gave you 750,000 attempts. You're still failing. I'm done. Right? He could have done that. And some people look at God and say, well, the whole purpose of God's creation of humanity is to elevate himself and show his holiness, show his his glory and honor that he deserves. And I think that that's true. God does deserve glory and honor. And when you compare it to me and you compare it to us, God is amazing. But I think there's something more to the story than just God is showing his holiness, showing his glory, and humans are showing their weakness and their faults. I think what we see in this story is that God shows us his love. It's a relentless love. Every day, I fail. Every day, people make mistakes. Every day, we sin. Every day, we're reminded of the consequences of our sin. And God, if he was just focused on his holiness and his glory, could simply say, I'm done. I am holy. You guys are all receiving the consequences you deserve. But that's not where the story ends. In fact, Some would say this is where the story picks up. Even all the way back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, God brings redemption. When uh, we see Israel failing, God brings redemption. When we see Jesus, we see that within humanity, God brings redemption. For God so loved you. God so loved me. God so loved everyone that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, we could get you know, stuck on this one and only. What does that mean? Uh, I, I typically go with the idea is he's unique. He is the only one of his kind. He is fully God. He is fully human. 
and he took on his human uh, flesh so that he could pay the penalty for us when he died on the cross. He is a holy, perfect sacrifice because he's God, and yet he is the perfect sacrifice for every one of you, every one of us, because he is also fully human. He paid the penalty that we should pay ourselves. But God pursues us. God uh, is relentless. He's, he's like, I'm not even going to use that illustration. I am a glimmer of who God is when I was pursuing Heidi. God is so much greater in that he looks at every one of us and he pursues every one of us and he is saying, I love you. I want you to be redeemed. I want you to accept my sacrifice. I want you to accept my grace. And he has offered this sacrifice to everybody. God has a relentless love. I I think of my son, and uh, he's a year and a half now. And I just think about how God gave up Jesus to die for us. And that, that just blows my mind. Because I think of my son, and I think, you know what? If my son had the ability to heal some people uh, through his blood, right? They, they take some blood and uh, uh, take him away for uh, like a couple of months. They, they take his blood, and then you can use that to, to vaccinate people. And I, I think of that, and I'm like, there's no way I'd give up my son for that. No way. And here's God who sees our need. He sees our struggle. He sees the, the sickness that we all had. And he offers up Jesus for some around 30 years of living on earth, as well as a death that was uh, the lowest of deaths. It was a, a, a thief's death. It was a, a criminal's death, a death on the cross. And God pursues us and allows Jesus to uh, deal with that pain, uh, deals with that struggle, and, and God does that for every one of us. And I, I think of my son, I'm like, there's no way I could do that. Even if it's for a day, maybe even for an hour, I don't know, I mean, maybe an hour, <laughs> right? Uh, a little, little break here and there, it's probably not a bad thing. But an entire day, I'm like, no way. Like, when I go on retreats with the students and I'm away from my family, or when Heidi goes to, to Michigan to visit uh, family and I'm still, in, still around here, I, I'm, I'm, like, tortured. I'm like, oh, I miss my kids. I miss my wife. I miss... And here's a situation where God pursued us so much that he allowed Jesus to come to the earth, uh, be born uh, as, as an infant, right? And then grow up. He was incredibly humbled by being just viewed as some guy from Nazareth. What good could come out of there? And he comes and he dies on the cross for us. God has a relentless love. 
Jesus has a relentless pursuit. We are uh, crazy people who continually sin, continually let uh, our worst selves get the best of us. And Jesus pursues us. He chases after us anyways. He hunts us down. He's the, the, the hound of heaven waiting to uh, sick onto us and let us accept the gospel, accept the grace that God has offered us. In John chapter 3, verses 17 18, the story continues. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We're pretty good at condemning ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> right? We, we don't need the, uh, the knowledge of our sinfulness to actually realize that we're sinners. That's what uh, Jesus continues with. Uh, in verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We are sinners. We are already condemned. I, I get told all the time from students uh, and from, from others that I talk to that uh, when we are sharing the gospel, when we are telling people about Christ, we're actually infringing on other people's rights and of, of uh, having their own belief system, right? I hear it all the time, especially when I go into the schools and, and I hear what students are saying. They're like, oh, no, they've already got their own beliefs. They already have their own uh, culture, their own traditions. If I come to them and tell them about Jesus then they're going to be offended, they're, they're gonna, their, their feathers are going to be ruffled. And here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, you guys are already condemned. If I left you on your own, if I didn't pursue you, you guys would realize that your sinfulness is going to lead in death. You guys are going to a place called hell, and that place is described in the Bible by Jesus as a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not very pleasant, right? And, and Jesus is saying this uh, to Nicodemus, and he's saying, hey, when left on their own, we already stand condemned. Humanity is great at sinning. We follow the ruler of the kingdom of this world, and that's Satan, right? We follow him very well. And in fact, sometimes I think the church even gets distracted because we're like, well, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to be intolerant of people. And so we're just going to hold to our own beliefs. And if anybody has questions, they can come to us. But Jesus, Jesus didn't wait for people to come to him, did he? Jesus didn't sit here and say, okay, uh, I'm going to make this, uh, this temple and everybody just come to me, and, and if, if you guys have questions, the priest can answer them, or uh, maybe I'll, I'll even respond to some of your prayers. He didn't leave it there. Jesus pursued us. Jesus left his throne, came to this earth, humbled himself, 
and pursued every one of you. He's standing there with the gospel. He's standing there with the grace that all you have to do is put your faith in him and trust that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He pursues us. And if Jesus pursues us, then why shouldn't we pursue our friends? Right? Why shouldn't we pursue the world around us? I kind of jumped the gun there. We'll get to that in a second. I got really excited. (laughs) Here's the struggle with humanity. And I think this is where tolerance comes in is that we like the darkness. We're like, hey, we're fine on our own. Just kind of leave us in our own world. We'll be out here in the, in the background. We're just going to be by, back here hiding. Like, we're good. We're good. Just you stay over there. I'm going to stay here. Oh, man, they're still there. Right? That's what we do. That's what humanity does. We like to do our own thing in our own world all by ourselves. And sometimes we like to do our own thing with other people when we start feeling guilty. We're like, hey, hey, I'm doing this sin. Come over here and do it with me. I don't want to feel like I'm weird, (laughs) right? And so we kind of hide in the darkness. And that's what humans do. We're sheep. We like to go off astray. We like to do our own thing. We like to follow our own uh, desires. Jesus continues in verses, uh, let's see, that'd be 19 through 21, I think. Yeah. Uh, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men, and you can throw women in here, and children, even babies, uh, we like darkness, Right? This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Why would we want people to see our deeds? So we're just going to hide all the way in the back and let our deeds be hidden. We're letting our sins be hidden. Right? Um, Everyone who does evil hates the light. And why would we hate the light? Because we don't want our sins to be found out. I don't want my sins to be found out. You guys probably don't want your sins to be found out. Sometimes we get to the point where we're so calloused that we're like, yeah, we don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I sin. Yeah, it's all right. We all sin. We're humans, right? That's not good either. That's actually probably worse than hiding our sins uh, when we're simply saying, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, we're all sinners. Everything's fine. I'm just going to go off and punch somebody, right? Bad drivers. They, They need to be taught, right? So we... When we get to the point where we're allowing our sins to simply be out there, that's probably even worse than simply hiding our sins. But Jesus says this, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Here's what happens with humans. People, me, you, all of us, at one time or another, we relentlessly pursued darkness. 
people relentlessly pursue darkness. All of the people that you're thinking of, oh man, they need to hear the gospel. Oh man, they need Jesus. Oh man, they should be coming to church. Oh man, these people, they are so bad, right? They are doing what we would have done if it wasn't for the relentless uh, love of God, the relentless pursuit of Jesus, we would relentlessly pursue darkness. We would do that. We would chase after it. We, we enjoy it, right? We don't want other people to see it, but we like it. People relentlessly pursue darkness until they don't. Now, what changes is that they accept the grace that God has given them. What changes is their, their pursuit, that hole in their heart. That pursuit changes when it's been filled by God. And you look at God and you say, oh man, what he has done for me means that I am never going to pursue those things again. I don't want that anymore. I want God. I want him. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to lay myself before him. I'm going to do his things. I'm going to follow after him. That's what the gospel does to us. It's not because of what we're doing. We're not like, hey, I'm going to go to church now. I'm good. It's not how it works. You can't do things on your own. It's only God who does things in your heart. It's only God who changes us, right? And so when God changes us, our pursuits are going to be different. What we're chasing after is going to change. And maybe it's not going to be right away. Some people still struggle with addictions. Some people still struggle with sin. All people still struggle with sin. Did I say that right? All people still struggle. I struggle with sin. We all still struggle with sin. But our desires, our pursuit isn't being filled by that sin any longer. Our desire, our pursuit is being filled by the grace of God by the gospel, changing our heart from the inside out. And so when we look at God and how he had a relentless love, and we look at Jesus and how he relentlessly pursued us, and we look at our lives and we say, oh man, I relentlessly pursued darkness. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe that's as far as you've come. Maybe you understand that there's a God, that God loves you, that there's a Jesus who died on the cross for your sins, but you haven't put your faith in him. And so you still are trying to find that hole in your heart to be filled by the pursuits of this world. And if that's you today, brothers, sisters, please trust in Jesus as your Savior. That hole will never be filled by anything you put in there. It's only when you trust in Jesus that that whole will start to mend. And those other things that you're cramming in there, you're going to realize are dangerous, are hurtful. And sometimes they're really good. They were just meant to be used differently. Right? And so if we look at that, and our lives are different because we're now pursuing God instead of pursuing darkness, that should lead us to a response. And what is that response? Our response, wow. You can kind of see it on this side. Christians 
brothers and sisters in Christ relentlessly share the gospel. Relentlessly share the gospel. Here's why. Jesus saw that you were condemned. Jesus saw that I was condemned. That everything that I would pursue, everything that I would do was only going to leave me feeling empty. And Jesus came to this world born of a virgin, raised from being an infant, lived a perfect life, got to the point where he was doing ministry around uh, the Middle East. He was telling people about how they needed to repent and trust in Jesus. And then he offered his life, died on the cross. And we know that what he said was true because what he said came true. He said he was going to raise again from the dead three days later, and he did. People saw him. There's evidence of that. It's been verified. Jesus really was who he said he was. He wasn't some crazy guy who was just saying, hey, I can heal you. Come on over here. I've got candy, right? That's not Jesus. Jesus actually did heal people. Jesus did raise people from the dead. Jesus did what he said he would do. And then he raised from the dead three days later. He was rose from the dead three days later after he died, verifying that he is the God and the man that he claimed to be. And so, what does that mean for you? It means that we don't simply say, well, the God of tolerance tells me I should leave everybody alone. The God of tolerance tells me that they're fine in their sin by themselves. The God of this world, the God who created us, the God who loves us, the God who sent Jesus, that God, which is greater than any other God, including the God of tolerance, that God says, I see these people out here condemned I see them in their pain. I see them in their sin. And I love them. And I don't want them to get the punishment that they deserve. They're condemned. The punishment is death. And Jesus is saying, hey, I will die for you. I will die in your place. So all of our friends, all of our coworkers, all of our neighbors, everybody out in this world, everybody in this community, especially during the time of Christmas, when you're talking about the message of Jesus Christ coming to this world for the love of humanity, share the gospel. Brothers and sisters in Christ, relentlessly, Share the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. He came to this world for them because he loves them. God loves us relentlessly. Jesus pursues us relentlessly. Humanity pursues darkness until they don't. So brothers and sisters in Christ, relentlessly share the gospel. Father, you are a great God. I'm humbled by your love. 
why? Why would you love me? Why would you love us? We come to you broken, and sometimes we don't even come to you at all. And yet you pursue us. Father, I pray for uh, anybody in this room who hasn't trusted in Jesus as their Savior, that that message would penetrate our cold hearts. And God, I pray for uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that they won't be intimidated by the God of tolerance, but they would be empowered by the God uh, who is working in them, you, and your Holy Spirit, giving them the power to go and share the gospel that we would be a light into this dark world. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.